Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello. So this episode is going to be a little all over the place. It's going to be a little bit of life update for me in parenting and work. It's going to be chatting a little bit about finding yourself in parenthood, especially in these earlier parenthood years. Um, And I think something that I think can be applicable to you, whatever phase of life you're in, whether it be career-wise, family-wise, relationship-wise, education-wise, you know, whatever um, is, is taking up some space in your life of looking at how to practice acceptance around whatever phase of life you're in and just tune in and honor what energetic levels you have, motivation levels you have, all of that. So it's going to be touching on a lot of different things and I hope can apply to you as a listener wherever you're at, whether um, you're, you're in the thick of parenting or maybe you're in the thick of something totally different. Um, but it, it's of course going to be referencing my parenting a little bit, but I, I think can apply to a lot of different phases of life that we all go through. So first I'll start with a little bit of a life update and just talk a little bit about what this last year has looked like for me. Um, so if you've been following along here or on my Instagram or wherever, you know that I have a little one who just turned a year old recently, um, which has been really exciting and wonderful and also a lot and has brought a lot of life changes, which obviously, right? Like having, having a kiddo becoming a parent for the first time, of course, is going to be a huge life change. And for me, that has certainly rung true, more true than I expected it to be, um, in complicated ways and in really wonderful ways too. But yeah, so this last year, um, after I returned from my maternity leave, which I took like four months off after she was born to just soak in that phase, and I've then been slowly adjusting back to work, starting at one day a week, and then um, for a long period of time, I've been one day, one week, and then the other weeks, two days a week, client work, so kind of alternating between that every other week mostly just depending on what our childcare situation has been like, which has so far been my mom and my husband's mom, and they have been so lovely, and we are incredibly lucky and grateful to have um, free childcare in that way, and also, right, really, like, loving and caring and wonderful childcare. So that's been really nice. And in the recent months, I've been noticing I've had some more energy to invest in work a little bit more and and wanting to do that a little bit more for a long period of time in this uh, very part-time work that I've been doing that has felt like the right balance where I've, you know, got to be the kind of stay-at-home parent, if you will, on, you know, a, a majority of the week and then working as a therapist for part of the week has felt like a really lovely balance Um, and I noticed that I've been ready to shift into a little bit more work and even thinking of coming back to what my definition of full-time work is, which is, um, not the same as 
most definitions of full-time work, certainly not the standard American definition of full-time work. I have an episode on that a little farther back. Um, If you are also someone who doesn't like the 40-hour work week and you're questioning it and exploring it, scroll back on my episodes a little bit and you'll find it. I think it's like questioning the 40-hour work week or something like that. Um, But yeah, so for me, full-time work, um, and I, I think that this ebbs and flows over my life but for you know the recent years it has been more like 25 ish hours a week so having three days of client work and then you know adding in maybe a half day or so of just some admin work outside of that that's been what full-time work is for me and that has been something that I've been interested in getting back to slowly maybe not all at once but slowly going back to that so that has brought up a couple of things for me like one is figuring out what work is going to look like for me so also if you've been following me on Instagram you might know that I have been exploring expanding my practice a little bit Uh, So I have hired actually my sister who is a sleep consultant. So she works with infants and toddlers for sleep support. Um, When I had the idea of expanding my practice, I instantly like messaged her because she had recently finished up her training in that and she was kind of exploring like, how do I want to do this? What does this look like for me? And I just floated along the idea of like, would you kind of want to work together in that? Would you want to um, offer that as a service through my practice because I'm thinking of expanding my practice in more of a multidisciplinary practice around, of course, attachment, trauma, because that's my bread and butter, um, but also in some more perinatal mental health stuff. So pregnancy, postpartum, um, and, and parenthood. And so I floated that idea along with her because I think those interests line up really well. And I love the work that she does. Maybe I'll do an episode sometime just on talking about how she has supported me as a parent in my kiddo's sleep, who um, I have a very sensitive little one. I love that about her so much, um, but it has made routines and sleep and a lot of things really challenging. So I'm so grateful that I had my sister just like a, a text message or phone call away so she could help one just like normalize how challenging infant sleep can be because I think we always see like just these routines and what people do and so she really helped me normalize that and um helped me with some really great strategies and ideas and some support around that so maybe I'll talk a little bit more about that sometime let me know if that would be interesting to you maybe I'll even invite her on the podcast to talk more about that but um all to say she was my first hire which was kind of nice because um I was really nervous about just all of the things involved in that like I met with a lawyer to kind of figure out like what paperwork do I need uh what things do I need to keep in mind as I'm hiring independent contractors so it's been a really big um growth in learning for me as I've been stepping into, um, like I've been in private practice and owning a business for a while, but stepping into, um, adding more people to that business and what that looks like. So there's been a lot of learning and growth going on around that for me. So it was really nice to have my sisters that first one, um, one, because like I already knew like, Hey, 
what you do and your approach lines up so well with my my values are in my practice. So it wasn't really like I had to like full on like interview and search her out or anything because like she was already there and I already knew um, that she'd be a really great fit for my practice. Um, And then it's, you know, she can also be flexible with me in my learning curves around like paperwork and things like that. So she was a great child running that. Um, But now I'm in this phase of exploring, okay, what next? which I have been um, putting out feelers and um, things to find a first therapist hire. So my therapy practice is pretty full, and so it feels like the right time to add someone in who specializes in some similar things. Um, And I really want to feel like there's this little small community, like a small group practice, not a big, expansive, like, uh, like full-on clinic or anything, but just a small group practice where we can connect and collaborate and support each other's work. And then um, I can also have like really great trusted people that I can refer potential clients to and know that they are going to get the care that I would want for myself or for a loved one. So that's a really nice thing. Um, So that's been exciting and another like big learning curve for me of figuring out like who do I want and how do I find them and all of that. So that's still some some TBD things there Um, because I want to I want to be picky. I want to find someone that feels like a really great fit for um, the clients that I serve and and also make sure that it feels like a really great fit for them because I want them to love their job and feel like they're able to grow in their their passion and their career and all of that. So I want it to be a really supportive place. So there's a lot of like intention and energy and, and emotions that go into all of that, um, which comes to the next piece of like finding time and space and energy to do these things. So right now with my like technically like one and a half days of childcare, um, it's been a little tough. It's been a little tricky. So with that, I have been looking at adding in some different childcare, um, which if you are a parent who has navigated childcare, you know, this is not an easy process by any means. Uh, there are a lot of options as well as there are so few options, right? Like there's a lot of options of things you can do, but there are not a lot of um, options that maybe always line up with what you need, whether it be um, like the timeline of when you need to start care, whether it be the timeline of how much care that you need and how much care you can afford. Childcare is incredibly expensive and I'm just like sending like lots of love and compassion out to all of the parents that are navigating that and struggling with that because it is um, a broken system in a lot of ways. So we looked into some like childcare centers. We really just need part-time like a couple days a week because we do still have grandmas who really want to be a part of our childcare and we love being part of our childcare. Um, and with a childcare center, it's a little tough. Like the part-time care is just so expensive per day compared to like their full-time care, which is still extremely expensive, but per day and per hour, it makes a little bit more sense. Whereas we're looking like, okay, we could hire a nanny for the amount of hours that we need for the same or less than it costs for like two days a week of childcare in a center. Um, we looked at some like in-home daycare centers, which, um, 
there were a couple ones that I was definitely interested in and you know some of the timelines didn't work out great and sometimes like the communication that I was getting and the responsiveness was maybe not exactly what I was looking for and with everything I was looking for in terms of the amount of care, the amount of communication and support, and as well as um, like the timelines of things. Like we just need part-time care. We don't need full-time care. So what makes the best choice? Um, I think we've kind of landed on hiring a nanny or maybe a couple of different nannies, you know, people that are just looking for like adding an extra day into their like work week or whatnot. Um, and that has felt like a really nice fit and has also been like a big exploration for me. So it's been about um, looking at like, how do I find these nannies and how do I find a nanny that is interested in more part-time work or like maybe already has another job or nanny job that they have that they maybe have the availability that we need. So that's been an exploration, just figuring out where to find them and vetting through them making sure it's someone that, one, I really enjoy because essentially you're hiring them, right? And so it's someone that you want to feel like you get along well with, you can communicate easily with, um, you kind of feel that good rapport. And then, of course, most importantly, someone that I think is going to be just so loving and caring and supportive for my little one. Um, she is so lovely and silly and fun and... Um, Maybe I'm biased, but I think she'd be, you know, I, I find her to be very fun to hang out with and spend time with. And I know she has a lot of needs, as all toddlers do. Um, but again, she's a bit more sensitive. So we're, you know, looking to make sure we find someone who enjoys honoring that sensitivity too. So that's been a whole new learning curve in its own. So both of these new learning curve things um, around work and figuring out childcare happening at once, which has been a little frazzling. Like this month has been, um, it's been a lot. Like I notice, uh, sometimes my anxiety peaks up and I just have this desire to like have everything planned and figured out and organized and be able to control it perfectly. Um, which lets me know, hi, anxiety's here. So I've, you know, really been making sure, okay, how am I honoring this? How am I creating and holding space for this? So that's kind of the life update stuff I've been navigating, just um, finding the space, finding the energy for these things and connecting to it. And I think this really goes into the topic of finding ourselves as a parent because this takes time. Some people, it can feel a little bit easier to jump right into that right after their like little, you know, first initial like postpartum period, maybe they can jump back into their routines and, and those kinds of things smoothly. And that feels great. And they can find that connection to all of that. Um, but for some of us, it's a little more challenging. I think for me, that's been a little bit more challenging. Uh, challenging in some ways where on days that I am the, the, in the stay-at-home parent role, I want more of that. I want to be doing that all the time. And then in days that I'm working and seeing clients, I want to do that all the time and I want to do that more. So finding that balance for me has been challenging. Um, and I think for me, it's really about accepting that, of course, it feels challenging. And in some ways, it's good that that feels challenging because it means that I am in it. I'm being present in it. I'm holding space for the difficult feelings 
um, the feelings that maybe feel complicated, right? Where um, there's so many things that I want and I have to be realistic in how much energy I have for all of it. Um, and I think that is a really lovely thing in its own way. I think we can all kind of imagine, and I, this is a practice that I do a lot when I feel like I'm struggling with all of the decisions and why can't I just make it, um, make up my mind easily and navigate this path smoothly. And, you know, I think for all of us, if we're to like pause and think back to when we were a little kiddo and like imagining like, oh, what would it have been like? Or maybe what, what, what was it like if this did happen for you? But what would it be like? if my parent was really pausing and checking with what energy they had and what resources they have and making the best decision for themselves in that moment, which would also so, so well like serve their families and serve their jobs, whatever it is. And I also want to acknowledge like the huge amount of privilege that I have in this, um, how lucky I am to just be able to work part-time, how fortunate I am to have some free childcare that's really great. Um, how fortunate I am to have a partner that also works. So we have a dual income family. There are a lot of things, um, a lot of privileges that I have to be able to actually pause in parenthood and think about what I need and what I want. Um, but all to say, uh, when I'm struggling with all of these decisions, I can pause and be grateful that I am taking the time to pause and really explore all these decisions. So um, with that, now I kind of want to talk a little bit about like this new, I guess it's not a new phrase overall, but a phrase that I've been having in my head of like mom mode. Um, and this doesn't, to me in this, it doesn't mean like I'm on mom duty and I'm doing mom things, but it is like how I'm approaching things in my life um, in this new mom mode because in some ways I'm working so much harder than I have been and at the same time I'm not seeing like these really maybe more significant results in the things because the work that I have is more piecemealing things together like during nap times or where I have energy or um, pausing saying I'm not going to put energy in this because I just need to like sleep or take care of myself right so so to me mom mode and I think you can apply this um, you know, whatever parent mode, or um, it could even be like something that's totally uh, a different phase of life, right? It might be like grad school mode, or you know, what whatever it is for you, whatever phase of life you're in for you, you can find your name, kind of like the the whole era's theme, like I'm in my mom era, whatever it is for you. Um, but for me, I was going on a run the other day, and I was thinking like, ah, I'm really like applying my energy in this new mom mode and if I can recognize how unique this mode is and that like it can actually be a really healthy mode so the example I'm going to do this in is um, my experience with running so pre-baby pre-infertility and everything that came with that um I would do a lot of long distance running. So that's something that I really love. Um, and I would say like from like the end of my experience in undergrad until like right before 
all the infertility stuff began. Um, I'd probably every year do a half marathon, and then for a period of that time, I'd also do a full marathon every other year. So I love long-distance running. It's something that I enjoy. I am not a fast runner, but I enjoy taking in the scenery and going on beautiful trails and all of these things. Um, While I'm not a fast runner, I always had a little connection to like what my time goals were and wanting to like slowly improve those just for myself. Um, And now as I'm getting back into running post-infertility, which was a time where I um, was really trying to like find balance in my hormones and all of that stuff and long distance running wasn't totally supporting all of that. Um, cause those were just all over the place at that time. Um, and then obviously in, in pregnancy wasn't doing long distance running. Some people do hats off to you. Um, I tried to do some running and I was like, this doesn't feel, <laughs> this doesn't feel great having this, um, baby in my belly bouncing around. And, um, it's, it was uncomfortable on my body. So I didn't really do much running during pregnancy. And then postpartum, I, you know, slowly, slowly added in little runs here and there. Um, And now I have this goal and intention of, you know, maybe in this fall, getting back up to a half marathon distance. Um, And I'm applying that in a very mom mode way. So a lot of my runs, I am pushing a stroller with a little baby in there who sometimes is great in her stroller and cooperates, but sometimes she needs a little extra attention and we might have to pause. Um, she might need a bottle partway through, whatever it is. Um, so those are obviously a little bit different. So I have to like take out of my mind, like any kind of intention around timing and pace. Um, because even though I don't have to run with her for all of them, so I've you know, me and my husband have kind of sorted out like when I'm going to do my long distance runs. Um, you know, each each week there's like one longer run. And those are ones that I just don't want to have to push a stroller or navigate any of that for. So we've kind of figured out a time that he can be watching her on Fridays. He has a more flexible work day, so he's able to be on dad duty for an hour or two in the morning so I can go get my run in. Um could do it on the weekend but sometimes I'm like I just want to get get these kinds of things done during the week so that I can you know have my weekend be a little bit more flexible anyways um all to say yes I have one or two runs a week that I can do without a kiddo um but that is going to mean that a lot of my runs are pushing a stroller and also running with my old dog who I love but she maybe can't you know, keep keep up the the energy and pace the whole time for those longer runs and all of that. And so it's really about adjusting my own expectations. And in that, like, yeah, even though I am interested in adding in some longer runs into my life again, I'm not always going to have the amount of energy and flexibility that I used to. So for example, the last full marathon I did right before um, we started trying to get pregnant in the first place, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to do one last marathon before being pregnant. And, um, you know, in that one, sometimes I could wake up at like five in the morning, go for my run, come back, do my thing, whatever. Uh, Now that is not happening. 
I love my sleep and having a one-year-old that sometimes needs extra sleep support means I don't always get the best sleep. So I'm waking up when I want to wake up so that I'm feeling fully rested. And that might mean I'm running in warmer weather. That might mean that then I'm running a little bit slower. So all of this to say, you know, maybe I kind of went in a deep dive of, of what my running routine looks like, but all of it is just kind of an example of what mom mode means for me. So it's connecting to the goals that that are helping me feel a little bit more like myself, right? I'm exiting the first really intense year of parenthood. And of course, toddlerhood is still has its own intensities and stuff, but it feels like there's a little bit more space for me to have my things again that make me feel like me outside of parenthood. And the mom mode, the mom mode part is... Accepting that it might look a little bit different than it used to. I might have to bring a little bit more flexibility. I might need to bring a little bit more ease into these things. And that that is okay. And that is actually quite lovely that I can practice acceptance of this phase of my life and disconnect to any rigidity that I might have connected to these things before. Because, for example, in running, like what I really love is just getting out in nature and, and being on trails that feel really beautiful and um, those longer distances mean that I get to see a bit more and just be by myself for a little bit and I can still do that right but it's maybe gonna look a little bit differently than it used to and that's okay so with that um, I encourage you to like explore like okay what phase of life am I in right now and with that phase of life, like what shifts in energy and motivation and time and resources do I have? Practicing some acceptance around that, giving yourself some compassion around that, and then connecting to the things that you love, like from that framework, right? It might not be as full on as it would in a different phase of life. And that's okay, right? You can still be you. You can still do the things that you love in some capacity, but it might look a little different. And you can hold space for all the emotions around it, of course, but you can still be you in that. So I think that's all I have to share on that today. But let me know if this is like bringing up some thoughts for you too, because I'd love to like chat more about it or share more podcast episodes about, you know, related topics, whether it be parenthood or not. I know um, not all of you listeners are maybe here for the parenthood content and you're maybe more here for the attachment trauma or the therapy stuff. Um, but I think it can connect to a lot of different things that we're going through in life. So if you have something that relates but isn't parenthood, let me know and we can chat more about that too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.